Understanding our heart because we just want to be one with God. He wants to bring us to maturity and to unity for what's happening in these days. And I hope this is really blessing you. But meditate on the scriptures, make it your own, make it real. All right, as we've uh, already looked at spirit, soul, and body, we're going we're gonna to, and looked at the heart, we're going to start looking how everything interacts one with the other. Now, I want to talk about your soulical life. We said that it flows out of your heart, uh, out of the floating issues of life. That's your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You have your spirit, which deals with the spiritual realm. You have your soul, which deals with the intellectual realm and life around you. And then you have your physical body. And so the soul consists of the heart, the mind, or the mind, the will, and the emotions, and it flows out of the heart. Now, to prove that to you, uh, we already talked about evil thoughts coming from your heart and guarding your heart. So our thought life comes out of our heart. Uh, what I want to mention here, before I forget, is that sometimes people have a hard time hearing from God, but the more that you grow in Him, the easier it is to hear from Him. And He speaks to you through your thought life. Uh, I was always so analytical, God was speaking to me and I didn't even realize it, but I was somehow subconsciously, I realized he was and I would do what he said. But it never put two and two together because oftentimes when I needed to hear from, I would try and listen for this voice. And one day the Holy Spirit said, if you've never heard me speak out loud before, how would you know it would be me if you heard a voice? And then I realized that he spoke through my thought life. So this is very important. So the more sensitive our heart becomes to God, the more we work out our salvation, the easier it is to hear from God because we have better fellowship with Him. We're going to prove all of that for you through the Scriptures. And uh, we teach a course on how to recognize the voice of God, but it's wanting too bad enough, drawing close to Him. So the mind, the thoughts proceed from the heart. The mind is part of the soul, the will. The Bible says a man should give as he purposes in his heart to give. Your will is set in your heart. You can decide with your mind to do something, but the resolve and the energy to carry it through comes from your heart, where you are determined that this is, you are going to do this. See, that comes from the heart. The mind is, is, is analytical, but the heart, this is where life is. This is where character is. This is where determination is. This is where your emotions are. It's all there in our heart. So the mind, the will, and the emotions. The Bible talks about the love of God in your heart, the peace of God in your heart, all of those kind of things. It talks about humility, but it also talks about the evil in your heart, anger, hatred, sexual immorality. All those things come from our heart also. So we see, again, as Jesus said, the heart is a storehouse of good and evil. 
So this is what makes up your soul, whatever is in your heart, your, your soulical life. As you know yourself, your mind, your will, your emotions, your character flows out of your heart. So to change your character, you're going to have to change your heart. It is the only way. Um, but you have a new life inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Word of God. It's God who works in you. You just have to cooperate and understand how he does it. All right? And as we go through our teaching on the heart, it's like we're going to take your heart out, put it on the table, and we're going to take you all apart here as we're teaching all the different parts of us. And uh, God is going to show you what's in your heart. We're going to teach, and he'll show you how to change it. And hopefully by the end, when we finish teaching, we'll put you back together better than what you wear. How's that sound? Is that a good deal? All right, I want to now... Um, Go to Ephesians chapter 2. So the Spirit is the nature of God in us. It's born again, and it is supposed to and wants to produce fruit in our souls. That's where fruit is produced, because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. See, spiritual fruit is character, and it produces fruit. Um, this is why Jesus talked about the heart of soil and, and what kind of... It, what kind of fruit uh, a tree will produce and so forth. He uses all these examples because he understands the heart, because he created us. All right, Ephesians chapter 2. Um, now, if we'll uh, look at our diagram, well, let's read these scriptures first. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. As for you, that's you and I, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, the spirit of evil, the nature of the devil, is at work in those who are evil. And we have evil in our hearts. And so that's what gives the devil something to work with, something to deceive us, to get us away from the truth. He works with our emotions. Same as he did with Eve. He tempted her. Oh, if you eat of the fruit, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. Now, I'm reading out of the NIV. King James Bible says, gratifying the cravings of the flesh. We're going to talk about that. The NIV calls it the sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. So this sinful nature that is in our body has desires and thoughts and appetites. And they work on our heart with the evil that's in our heart. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. This is before we knew God. God couldn't work in us because we didn't allow him to. We were going our own way. And the flesh, the sinful nature in our flesh. Now, I believe that came in in the garden. When Adam and Eve were placed in the garden, they had the tree of life that they could eat from, but they could not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Their bodies were created to live forever. The tree of life was, spirit, was spiritual food, and it was physical food for them to continue eternal life living in them. When they ate at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there was something in that fruit 
that went in, when they ate it went into every cell of their body and it was the sin principle, the knowledge of evil. And after that, curse came on the earth because it disobeyed God and Adam had to work by the sweat of his brow. Life got a little harder. Then if he had to work all day doing, working with weeds and hoeing and so forth or whatever he had to do, then he got tired and miserable. Then he came in and gave Eve a hard time, and Eve would give him a hard time. See how this starts out. But before that, everything was perfect, but a curse came upon the earth. And so this evil came into their physical bodies, and then when they had children, it went into their bodies. It was passed down through the generations. And we were born with the sin principle in our flesh bodies. It's there in all of us. The Bible says that the spirit is contrary to the flesh, or the flesh is contrary to the spirit. In other words, they are opposites. If we have the nature of God in our spirits, what do we have in our flesh? The nature of evil. And it is a nature. In other words, it is a negative life force that has desires and evil thoughts. It wants to do what is evil. And it has an effect on our heart. This is exactly what it's saying here. All of us also lived among them one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. Cravings. The sinful nature in our flesh wants to do what is evil. It wants to do what is evil. Our born-again spirits wants to do what is right. I set before you life and death you choose. If you sow to the flesh, you will from the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap eternal life. It's all there before us. It's in us, the evil thoughts. So the flesh wants to do what is evil. Let me give you an example of how it works. If God tells you, I want you to fast for three days, so you start fasting, and after a day and a half, you get pretty hungry. And maybe you walk by the TV and they're advertising food, a hamburger, and, and wow, that looks good. You're really hungry. That hamburger looks 10 times as good as it used to yesterday. And see, that's a craving. And it's that sinful nature that wants that food, even though God has said, fast. And then the devil works with that. Do you really think that God's going to answer your prayer because you don't eat? You are so silly to think that. Just go ahead and eat. It won't make any difference. You can still have faith and eat. But see, now we're into disobedience. And what happens is it starts to tempt us. And we, it, it works in our emotions and our desires for food. Our body is hungry. And after a while... Yeah, you know, we deceive ourselves, our hearts deceive us. It'll be okay just to have a hamburger and then I'll start fasting again because I am so hungry. I can't even concentrate. And then we go and eat that hamburger and then the devil comes to us. You disobeyed God. See, then all the condemnation comes. See, you can't win with him. He just deceives you and gets you going in circles. And so this is how this sin principle works in our flesh. I believe it's in our flesh body. And it has, it's a nature that has access to our heart the same as the nature of God in our born-again spirit has access to our heart. And so it's important to understand this. Um, 
But here's good news. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. See, our spirits have come alive now because we believe what he has done for us. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. By grace that you have been saved. You did not earn your salvation. You only believed in what Jesus has done for you. You believe in God. You believe in his plan. You believe in the cross. You believe what Jesus accomplished on the cross. This is why you have this new birth. But now you have to believe in the word of God and everything that it says to experience that new birth in your soul. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Now you've got to live this word to actually change your heart. We're going to talk a little bit later about how this new life in the spirit is a guaranteed life to overcome the flesh. But I want you to understand that you have both in your body, in your being. And so there is an evil nature and a good nature. And the good man brings good, uh, the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings forth evil, or the evil stored up in the heart. The heart is still the center focus of what God is dealing with, and every problem is a heart problem. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show his incomparable riches of his grace, expressing this kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is, be, it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and faith is of the heart. Faith is of the heart. Faith without works is a dead faith. I have faith in Jesus. I have faith to understand what he did for me. Now I have to have faith to live the message. I cannot live according to my feelings or my emotions because if they are evil, then I will never live by faith. I must understand what the word of God says and how to deal with my negative emotions and now work out my salvation in fear and trembling. It is faith. The goal of my faith is to become like Jesus. The goal of my faith is the salvation of my soul. And the more I come like Jesus, the happier I am, the more successful I am, the more looked after I am, the more protected I am. Wow. Job was the most righteous man, and God had put a hedge of protection around him that Satan could not get at him. And we want the protection of God. We pray for the protection of God. But are we living the message to receive that protection? See, we can't just live for the devil and expect all the promises of God to work in our lives. We can't live according to the flesh, the sinful nature, and expect all the promises of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you. So we have to live this message. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, for no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. So I still do good works, but I'm not working for my salvation. I'm working it out. The good works I'm doing is because I love Jesus, because he died for me, and because I want to become like him. That is my motivation. Not to get acceptance. I already have that. It's to build a relationship with him and to please him and to get to know him and to fulfill the law and thereby have all the blessings come, not just for this life, but also for eternity. Training, training in godliness, that's what this called, training in godliness. Paul says training in godliness has benefits for this life and for the life to come. Wow. Think of the magnitude of that statement. If you're living for just for this life, you're not going to have much in eternity if you get there. 
But if you make sure of this life and living in the Spirit in this life, you will have a rich welcome. God has got a plan for your life. He's got the seat at the table for you in his kingdom. But if we don't live this life, we're not guaranteed that. People, see, people, we, we understand what we have in Christ. We just read that he has seated us with Christ in heavenly places. So everybody thinks they're going to rule and reign with Christ. But Jesus is very specific in the book of Revelation. Those who overcome, I will give to sit with me on my throne. This is not an automatic giving. Given this, this is a privileged position that we have of operating in the authority in the name of Jesus, of a position that we can always come back to, a position that we can go with full confidence to the throne of grace, knowing who we are in Christ. But we can't take that for granted like we've already arrived. We still have to work this thing out in our life. But we do it from a position of who we are in Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, cooperating with the instructions in the Word of God. God created us. He knows how our hearts work. These are all instructions for holiness, purity, and benefiting for this new life and living right so God can bless us. That's a whole lot different than just always, oh, God fixed this. Oh, God fixed that. God would say, I fixed it 2,000 years ago. You fix it. You do something. I've given you everything. You cooperate with my Holy Spirit. It's a whole different mentality of living. I live from a position of victory in the power of the Holy Spirit with all the power of God that's in me in the new birth, understanding all that Jesus has done for me by his grace. So these are very important parts. But this sinful nature has thoughts and desires. The sinful nature is in the flesh body. Let's look at Romans chapter 7. We'll show you that. Somebody once told me they hear this teaching and they, they don't understand it. They say, well, this sin nature is in in your heart. Well then, if it's in my heart and that's where it resides, then how can I change my heart? It's going to be there forever. No, I can overcome these sin principles because, yes, I have sin in my heart, but that nature is in my flesh. Romans 7, and we're going to look here at verses 21 to 23. Paul is talking about, and he talks here, once you understand spirit, soul, and body as we teach it and explain it, uh, then you can go through, through Romans 6, 7, and 8 and really understand all of that properly in relation to the diagrams that we have. But Paul talks about struggling with sin. And in verse 21, let me just look there. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. See, here's the principle. We love God. We read his word. Oh, yes, I want to be holy. I want to do this. What happens? That sin principle that's in our flesh interacts with our heart and doesn't want us to do it because it wants us to do the evil. See, we got this battle. So we have to persevere in faith and we have to be determined that we're going to live for Jesus and we have to work this out. This is why your faith is tested. Uh, James chapter 2, count it all joy when you fall into different trials and temptations because it is the testing of your faith. The testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you can receive the promise. So this is how it works. Something happens in my life, and I have a normal way of reacting to it, but I can't react that way anymore because that's the old man, that's the flesh. Now I have to react in accordance with faith in the Word of God. So if it's really strong in my heart, I have to meditate on the Word of God. I cannot do it with my head. 
and that empowers me and gives me the desire to fulfill that word. And then I have to persevere. It doesn't just happen suddenly. It's a process. It's an ongoing process, sanctification. And so I have to persevere. But while I'm persevering, faith is growing in my heart because I'm believing God. I'm doing this by faith in Him. And through that, the reality of what I'm believing, that part of His character, through my acting that way, in line with that, becomes through that experience a part of my heart, and I start to change. That's how we develop the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Perseverance must finish its work. It's not an instant thing. We have to persevere and always persevere in faith. But it's the testing of our faith which is more worth than gold. See, this is the process of growing in Christ. No pain, no gain. It's not just knowing who you are in Christ and, oh, God bless me. No, no. We, we, that's not good teaching. That's not solid foundational teaching. It is suffering for Christ and being faithful to him and persevering. And through that persevering, the parable of the sower sowing the seed, this is the seed that fell on, on good soil. Those with a good and noble heart, through persevering, produce a crop 30, 60, 90, 100 fold. See, all of this has to happen in our heart through our persevering in loving Jesus. Because we love him, we're going to live by faith. We're going to put on the new man. We're going to die to ourselves. That's the commitment we made when we were water baptized. Water baptism means we, 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 when we go underwater, we die with Christ. When we come out of the water, we're resurrected to this new life, and we're going to live this new life by faith. We do that in front of witnesses. We're entering into that covenant. We're entering into that kingdom with our heart and with our life. It's a circumcision of the heart where we're going to quit living that old life and we're going to quit and start living this new life. But this is how it works. This is how God works it in our hearts. And he disciplines us through these trials. Because God loves us, he disciplines us. It's not fun, but count it all joy. Why? Because we're going to become more like Jesus. We're going to become more victorious. We're going to see more light. We're going to see more clarity. We're going to get to know God better. Every trial that happens. Let me ask you this question. When things get rough in life, do you sit down and complain and just ask God and whine and bellyache? Or do we go to his word and say, here is the answer. This is the strength I need to get through this. This too shall pass because God's promises are true. And this is to test my faith so I can get to know Jesus better. See, our whole motivation has to be our love for Jesus. And if we're complaining, that's the sinful nature working, deceiving us, thinking that, oh, woe is me, nothing will ever change. I tried and it didn't change. No, it is a guaranteed victory. We're going to show you that in a little bit. But we, we have to have that mindset where we set our face like Flint. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of my life. I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to do what the word says. It's a self-disciplined, self-controlled attitude because we love Jesus. Wow. We can't get it without that. We can't. Anything other than that is playing church. And there's no time left to play church because of what is coming is the message I have for you today. We have to understand that this sinful nature is in our flesh. <clears throat> Paul says, I see a work at law, a law at work within my body. <clears throat> so every time we want to do good, evil is right there with us. And when my wife Kathy started praying for me, the Holy Spirit started dealing with my heart. But I got worse and worse. See, the evil in my flesh did not want to change. Did not, my heart did not want to change. And as the Holy Spirit started dealing with me, I just rebelled more and more. The flesh rose up. 
Um, Paul said, when the law came, sin sprang to life. See, that sin principle, when the law came and said, thou shalt not, that sin principle says, yes, I will. You're not telling me what to do. See, the sin principle is so rebellious. The flesh is so rebellious because it's opposite of the life that's in the spirit. And it doesn't want us to change. Our hearts don't want us to change. So every time we want to change, it's like all hell breaks loose in our lives. And we have to persevere through that to get the victory. Perseverance must finish its work. Faith must be built. This is how it's built in our heart. This is, you won't get any more practical teaching than this about your heart and living for Jesus because it has to be worked into our heart through faith. So again, these things are all so important. I don't want to rush through those things. I, I want them to be very clear, very easy to understand. Let's go to James chapter 1, and we're going to see this in very more detailed. I just, um, this is just so awesome here. When you understand the heart, the spirit, the soul, the body, and how all of this works. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. <laughs> that God has promised to those who love him. Why do I persevere? Because I love Jesus. And I persevere and I get the crown of life. I get his life. I get eternal life. I get the reality of Jesus in my heart because I have persevered under trial. But if we complain and bellyache, oh, woe is me. Oh, God, change this. Oh, God, do this. God says, I've given you life. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. You work it out. You have it. Do you love me or don't you? You know, if I go to any congregation anywhere in the world, I says, do you love Jesus? Everybody raises their hand. Then I get teaching on the heart. Now, how much do you love Jesus? See, that's what it comes down to. It's easy to say these words, but where are we in our hearts? Verse 13, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when by his own evil desire. He is dragged away and enticed. Dragged away and enticed. Going back to the example of fasting, your own evil desire is to be disobedient to what God told you. God told you to fast. You see this, this nice big hamburger on the TV, and the evil says, Oh, I'd like that. I'm so hungry. But God's word says, no, I told you to fast. But we are enticed by that. And, and we want that. And so it's pulling on our emotions. We're enticed. We're dragged away by that. He's dragged away and enticed. And the more we think about it, the stronger it becomes. See, it's the same. It's the opposite of meditating on the word. The more you meditate on the word, the stronger it becomes. And the more reality, the deeper the revelation comes. But if we've if we think about the negative thoughts, they become stronger also. See, we have two kingdoms here working the opposite way, and one is opposite of the other. And so we have the nature of God in us and the nature of the devil. What are we thinking on? Same as when you get mad. You think about what somebody did to you, you get madder and madder. See, because you are, by allowing those evil thoughts to be in your heart, you are being enticed and dragged away and allowing the sinful nature to entice you to become stronger until you actually break down and you sin. 
Then after desire has conceived, <laughs> see, in our hearts, uh, we're being enticed, oh, you know, if, if you have a hamburger, you think God's going to answer your prayers, not answer your prayer because you had something to eat, or he's going to answer your prayers because you don't eat, see, and then your will gets weaker because you really want that hamburger, and then when you give into it, now spiritual conception has taken place. After desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Now we sin. We're disobedient to God because we ate the hamburger because he told us to fast. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Now, if that's the mystery of iniquity, work it in our heart. See, the mystery is how does sin work in our heart? How did I get to this place? And when we keep sinning, it gives, full, it gives birth to death. In other words, I start to die in my heart. I start to separate myself spiritually from God. Spiritual death is separation from God, and I become darker and darker, and then my heart can deceive me more and more because I'm going in the wrong direction. But this all happens in my heart because of the sinful nature interacting with the evil desires that are in my heart. So this is true in every area of life, whether it's addictions, alcohol, uh, sex, uh, drugs, whatever it may be. We're going to talk about that also. But I want you to understand that this all happens in your heart. You give birth to sin. And eventually that brings death. And it's all because conception, spiritual conception. We're talking about two spiritual natures in us. So what are we giving birth to? So the heart is the uh, wellspring of life. But if we don't understand the sinful nature, it can also be the cradle of death. Because we're giving birth to sin, because our will gets weakened and we give into it. And then that spiritual conception takes place and the sin happens. Wow. There's more scriptures that we have about that. But that helps you to understand how important your thought life is. We're going to leave you with that for now. We're going to continue on here the next time and uh, expand some more but understand how important your thought life is. in my ear to hear as the